Welcome to Believe in Chargers. I'm your host, Borna Nazari, alongside number 41, Lorenzo Neal. Lorenzo, we got a special guest today, Mr. Sean Marin, a.k.a. Lights Out. Sean, welcome what? to the show, man. What's up, man? How you doing? What's what's up, Daddy? What's what's going on, Daddy? <laughs> hey, Sean. Hey, you know what? How can I? I couldn't be any better knowing that you in out here because I knew when I knew when I saw five six getting ready to do his thing. It was like call out the dogs and piss on the fire. Let's ride. Hey, AKA lights out, brother. So, man, excited about this show, man. Excited about being able to bring you on, man. Talk a little Chargers. Talk about just the importance of what they're up against, how they're going to be, how they're going to fare this year. But by starting this thing off, man, I want to know, tell us what, when you look at a linebacker and you want to build a perfect prototype linebacker, outside linebacker, when you think about the two guys that are on this Charger team, tell us first, what does it take to be a great linebacker? Tell what an average linebacker, what does that look like? Because you're a four-time pro bowler, you've been there, you know what it's like playing at the highest level. Tell me what a linebacker does and what does he bring to the table? You know what? When I when I look at a linebacker, my prototypical guy. First of all, you know you can look at athleticism, but when you get to the NFL, everybody got at least a little bit of that. Some guys may be you know undersized, not as strong or whatever. But the first thing I start looking at is mentality. I, I always look at mentality first because when you get to that level, everybody's athletic. Everybody has some sort of speed and strength. But the, the thing that separates these the, the the good from the great and the great to elite is is the mentality, man. What what is this guy thinking? Is he trying to go and make a tackle? Is he trying to run through people? Is he running from sideline to sideline? Is he running the field and retracing the football and and dive over the pop? Like what's this guy's mentality? And I start to look at that more than anything because the rest of the intangibles are come. You can teach a guy. My no, I, I didn't know how to pass rush until like my freshman and sophomore year in college. I've never pass rushed before in my life. But it was something about me that wanted to learn. I had a mentality to want to, to, want to learn and, and do it. So I, I look at these guys, man, and look at this, you know, these two outside linebacker defensive ends they got in Joey Bosa and, and Khalil Mack, man. These, you couldn't have two better mentality guys tandem in an entire National Football League. They're, they're the best one-two combo across the league. It's, uh, it, it is freaking exciting, man, to have Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. And I think a big thing Zone I talk about, Sean, is – the last few years when we didn't have Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa's been great, but he's kind of ran out of gas because he's been getting double teamed, triple teamed at times, especially in that fourth quarter. But now that he's able to kind of have somebody on the opposite side of him, it's going to cause a lot more one-on-one -on -one matchups that is going to allow these guys to exceed. You can't double both of them or else the guys in the trenches are going to win, right? Talk about why that's very important to have a Batman to your Robin. It's the most important. And I and I always bring up Sean Phillips, who's the opposite side of me. No doubt. Now, you know, Sean wasn't the biggest guy, the strongest guy, but you knew that if he was on one-on-one -on -one with a guy, that he can go make a play. That was enough to keep a double team off of me. I knew coming into the game, I'm going to get slide protection, fan protection, guys going in motion, chipping off the edge, you know, running backs, fullbacks, hitting me before they go out into their, into their route. Like, I knew that that was coming. So when that happened and you got a guy who's more than capable enough on the, on the opposite side, you have to go and start picking, you know, picking shoes and your battles down. Look at look at Bosa. I mean, Bosa and Khalil. Forget one on one or two. Somebody you are gonna have to choose like somebody you want to fan protection of both sides. Bring your running backs up to to get that that interior to make sure nobody creep up in that in that A or that B gap or that that C gap. They're gonna have some real problems. And and what's gonna happen now once you start to figure those two out on the edge when they start to bring bring in Derwin James and have him blitzing also whether it's up the gut or on the outside. That is, I don't care who you are. There's no answer to that. The answer is, 
We have to get the ball out of our hands as fast as possible and hope for the best. Well, I'll tell you what, Barna, I tell you right now, where he just went with that, shouldn't we go, where can people make a little bit of money? Talking about Sean, mm-hmm. we're talking about putting some pressure on a quarterback. You go put some over and unders about how many charges, tax, sacks they're going to get this year. Where can people go and place that bet at, Barna? We'll do it at betonline.ag, everybody. Your number one for <laughs> your number one guys for all betting needs. And remember, we got the NBA Finals right now. We got the NHL Conference Finals. Oh, I'm not a big NHL guy, but New York Rangers playing a, a big game five. NBA Finals, guys, we'll get your serious predictions right now. We'll do it quick. 2-1 Boston, game four at the Garden coming up. Who you guys got in the finals? You know what, man? It's, it all depends. And I know we've been hard on Draymond, but it's going to come down to, to him. It's really it's, it's going to come down to him because he's that missing link that, that's what's going to put those guys over the top. His attitude has to match his play, right? And I, and I think that's the biggest problem. When you come in there – and I and I wasn't talking, man. I, you know, he's I, chirping, Sean. He's chirping. He's yeah, chirping. You know, I came in. You know, I, I talked. I had this, this, you know, this thing about me. I knew going into the game that people were going to take a shot at me, and that happens when you have this, you know, a little bit extra behind you. If you're a quiet guy, whatever, you can go in and make your plays and do your thing. Nobody says nothing. Win, lose, or draw. But when you got something with you, you have to stand up to it. And also, when you don't play well, you're going to be the first one to get attacked. That's what's happening with him right now. He's not playing right. well. Right. And I couldn't agree with you more. And I think the biggest thing, besides this Draymond and old Clay, but I'm going to tell you, Wiggins has been playing great. I think Wiggins, yep. when you look at him as defensive prowess, you think about this guy. He can fly. He can fly with He can fly with the best of them. Wiggins, I'm telling you, he's coming into his own. But for me, it comes down to one thing. Offense entertains, but defense wins championship. I want to see, can this team rebound? That's it. The Warriors last night, if you look at that point, rebound. They Boston had more yeah. defensive offense rebound than the Warriors had combined on both sides, on just by on defense. So I think the biggest thing for the Warriors, they have to be they have to be more competitive competitive on the rebound. Too many second and third shots by Boston. I'm telling you, that was the biggest difference to me because the Warriors fought back in that game. If they can balance and don't lose the rebound battle that bad, I think they can win the series. I'll tell, you right now, I'll tell you right now, there's great value for Golden State down 2-1 heading to the Garden. So go to betonline.ag for all betting needs. Use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. Speaking of where the game starts, Sean, it's going to be a very high expectations year for the Chargers. And listen, you know, you and Lorenzo were on some really good teams that, you know, 2006, 2007 teams come to mind. What is it like as, you know, a locker room when you know there are high expectations going into a year versus teams where there's not as much personnel in terms of talent? I mean, this Charger team knows we're heading into year three of Justin Herbert. He's going to get an absolute payday coming up in the coming years. But is there a different vibe, mojo, you know, Zoe and Sean, I'd love to hear from both of y'all in the locker room, knowing that there are expectations heading into September, October and into the thick of the season? I think that's going to be their biggest hurdle this year, right? Because on paper, they, they look like Super Bowl champs. If you look at them across the board, from wide receiver to wide receiver, DN to DN, cornerback to cornerback, safety to, you know, if you look on their team and you put them on paper, people will start talking about them being the favorite. Now, what happens is when you have that much talk, when you have that much notoriety walking into the season, you are on your blackboard material to everybody. They're coming in, and, and, and if I was the opposing team, the first thing I'll say is, oh, they, they think they're superstars. You know, they got a Keenan Allen. They got a Mike. You know, they got all these names. We want to go in and show them up right away. Mm-hmm. So if they have the mentality that their names is not going to get them a ring, right, they're putting in the time. I was at practice the other day watching them. 
And it's something different about this team. And, and I think that the the names that are there, the vet, the vets, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of spilling over to some of these new guys walking there. It's like, hey, that, you know, you got to bring it. Khalil Mack is sitting there working on this, and he's sitting there doing his pass rush over and over again. You watch these guys. I'm like, man, listen, you have a lot of vets there, and that's what, what, what builds the teams. I, the biggest the biggest thing to help me when I came in 2005, those, those teams between 2005 and two, 2010, when I walked in that locker room, the vets set the tone. You knew you couldn't do certain things because Lorenzo Neal was there. You know, Antonio, uh, Phillip Rivers, all these guys, you know, Nick Harwick. I mean, go, go across the board. Jamal Williams. You knew that there was an expectation that you had to perform. There was no, no slacking off. And that's what's going to happen this year with this team. They got so many big names, so many, so many guys with you know so much pride, work ethic. That you go in there and you're not giving your 100 percent effort, you're gonna hear you're gonna hear from one of those guys. I, I couldn't agree with you more, Sean. And the biggest thing I think is consistency, and and that's what he's talking about. Sean's alluding to guys understand that what everyone's saying they are a team that's that are they they have potential to win a Super Bowl. But you look at the whole AFC West. Every single Loaded. team has a team uh, from Russell Wilson. Now you look at Denver, new ownership. They know where they're going. You look at the Raiders, their organization. Look what they got. When I got a great receiver, they know where they're going. This Kansas City, look at this West and every team is thinking the same thing the Chargers thinking. So now it comes down, Sean, what you alluded to early, mentality. Wow. What is the mentality of this team? Because I'm telling you right now. It's no way, you know, that year we should not win that Super Bowl. It's, you know, McCree, he catches the ball, fall down. We, but it's, we shouldn't even been in that situation yeah. because we were that much better. And when you have a good team and you have this type of guys around in that locker room like they have, you just got to go out and execute and you got to have make sure that you stay grounded and focused because That's you're going to have point. some storms. You're going to have some storms. Yeah. But in the midst of the storm, there's got to be a calm. There's got to be some of that yeah. calming voice there, bro. No, it's a it's a fantastic point, Lorenzo. You know, you're talking about the whole Marlon McCree thing. You shouldn't even been in that position. We look at the Phoenix Suns right now, who bounced out of the NBA postseason. They're such a better team. They shouldn't even been in that position to have to have a game seven at home, right? So that's a great point. Like keeping grounded, just because you have so much talent, you don't want to kind of get used to just getting by, finding ways to win. You want to be able to dominate. You want to be dominating. You know from day to night. And I think that's going to be the biggest key with this Chargers team. And it's going to be difficult because the AFC West is absolutely loaded. I mean, it cannot wait when we have to go watch this team go to Kansas City. We're going to be on prime time five, six times a year. It's going to be absolute excitement, you know, with the Chargers in the battle for LA. It's going to be absolutely unbelievable. Sean, I want to ask you, um, obviously, you know, you had, I think, what was it? 39 and a half sacks, got Jason Taylor by that one in the first, you know, 05 to 07. Amazing when you came into the league. What is it like, you know, playing with a lot of different linebackers at that time? You saw Demarcus Ware. You saw a yeah. lot of other Brian Erlackers. What was it like learning from other linebackers on other teams, kind of younger in your career? Was that able to be a benefit for you? Yeah, it was. And it's funny, uh, you know, Demarcus Ware and I, we still talk about it during this day. And, you know, when you have guys around that, you know, I think, you know, Tamba Ali came right after. I mean, there were some guys around that time, Jason Taylor, um, Dwight Freeney, you look you look around the league around that time, man. There was what we call dog. There was straight up dogs in there. And I think for me, you know, when you got people that competitive, everybody's looking around on the leaderboard, who's doing what, who, who's having, you know, you go around because with, with sacks, sacks come in bunches, right? So you're gonna have two, three games where you ain't touching nobody, right? You ain't you ain't getting back there. You might have some some hurries, but you won't get a sack. 
So now you, you look at the leaderboard and you got the right friend. He had three sacks. He's like, oh, man, I'm, I'm three behind. Right. So just that that competitive or DeMarcus Ware and you turn it on, you know, the news or everybody get home and you watch the sports center, you watch it, you know, whatever big highlight was on. And you see guys ripping off two, three sacks, whatever. You know, guy have a four sack where you're like, man, I'm three, four sacks behind. It's and so, you, you know, you get this mentality because you want to be top dog. And, you know, that, that actually, for us, that, that helped our team. And we had so many guys that were so competitive. You know, everybody in every, in every single position wanted to be the best at what they did. And I, and I you know, I, I say now, some days practice, you know, was harder than some of these games. I mean, you know, I, you know, they, people actually tell us, hey, who's one of the, the best tackles that I've got a chance to play against? I'm like, I haven't seen Marcus McNeil four or five days a week. Yeah. This, you know, six, 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 seven, or six, yeah. eight, two, what, 330 pounds with, with arms across the road. And right. so when you're seeing that, yeah, and, you know, see, seeing Gates at tight end, they're like, oh, you got to face Gronk this week. I see Gates <laughs> every single day. What are you talking about? Or you got to see Tony Gonzalez. I see Antonio Gates every single day. What are you talking about? So it was that it was that mentality that by the time you got to the games, it was easy. Uh, so you look around the league, man, and, and I still we laugh and joke around about some of this stuff. But you wanted to be top dog in that time. Sean, what, what, when you when you're thinking about you know talking about top dog and you're thinking about just the linebacker position itself, when you watch these guys and you say, okay, what is it when you have a go-to move? What is it like when you're in a game, you know, you're looking at a guy like Cleo Mack. I heard you talking about going out to practice and watching him working on his pass rush, working on his crap. What is it like to have that move? Tell us, tell the listeners what it's like to have that move. And earlier in the show, you talked about slide protection and, you know, fan protection. Let them get them, get them, get the fans and listeners. Let them know what that means, because a lot of them to the layman, they don't understand what those what they mean. And you can answer the second question, too. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, as an outside linebacker and pass rush, I'm looking at the get off, right? It, everything starts by getting off of the off of the ball because that's how you get these offensive tackles and tight ends who stand in the block. You that's how you get them intimidated. Nobody likes going backwards to somebody just just hell hell bent for election off the line of scrimmage. When they explode up off the line of scrimmage, it starts to set up other things. And so when when people actually even to this day say, who who's Who's the closest that emulate, emulates your game? And you hate to be compared to certain people, but I always just say Khalil Mack because yeah. Khalil Mack had that, you know, he got that that fear factor. When he comes off the line of scrimmage, it is all, all hell breaking loose. And I'm sitting there watching him for four quarters, going at the same speed for four quarters. It's not a time where you look at him and say, man, this guy's, you know, he's trotting to the ball. He's not full speed. He's kind of taking his time and then saving it for the next couple plays or saving it for third. This guy is out there for speed. So if you have a guy that's explosive off the line of scrimmage, it's going to set up your two-hand swipes. It's going to set up you going around him. It's going to set up your, your bull rush, you being able to come back under him again. But that get-off is number one. That's the scariest thing. And, and, and two, you know, at the, end of, at the end of the day, man, not everybody has it because explosive, you can't coach that. You can't coach explosive. It's only a very few amount of people to have that. A lot of people can have good hands and, and, and work with their hands, great pass rushers, but they're not explosive off the line of scrimmage. Very interesting. And, and something that explosion is something that you just can't even teach. Um, it, it, it comes with talent, and obviously a lot of people in the National Football League have it, but others have it at different levels. I want to get into some of the acquisitions, Sean and Lorenzo, that the Chargers have made this offseason. Kind of contrary to what we've seen in the past from this franchise, they've, they've gone all in. You know, they've brought out the Brinks trucks. They've been spending money left and right. 
Uh, just like you, Sean, we have another Maryland Terrapin and J.C. Jackson coming to the Chargers. And, you know, this is a big one for the Chargers. You know, the secondary was a little bit thin last year. Didn't have a great year from Michael Davis, Asante Samuel Jr., very talented kid, had some concussion issues. Derwin James is kind of that queen in chess. You play him high, you play him low, but you can't have him playing down a lot if the secondary is thin. Talk to me, A, what you think J.C. Jackson is going to bring to this team from a competitive edge standpoint, and B, how does a stronger secondary affect the guys up front? and Bosa, and Mac and the guys in the trenches like Joseph Day. Is there a correlation to a strength in your secondary to your production up front? So those are my two questions. J.C. Jackson, his presence, and then how that correlates to the upfront guys. Well, well let, let me say this. And, you know, this is one of the only times I'm going to say it. I got some cover sacks because of that Quentin Jam and Cromartie back there. Yep. You, it, it, it is – it makes all the difference, right, because you're not going to be the guy clean every time. You know, this is National Football League – you got these tackles out here that are just, just tremendous, great feet, strong. And so you're going to come in, and some days you're not going to beat guys and get there within three seconds. It's not going to happen. You got a J.C. Jackson sitting back there. You know you're going to get those cover sacks. You know that they're not going to target him a whole lot because they call him Mr. Interception for a reason. That Merlin Turpin, you know, what's funny about him is, you know, obviously I was before his time at the University of Maryland, but when I used to go back and watch him, him, Stephon Diggs, all these guys who – either gone undrafted yep. Yep. or went late in the draft. And I'm sitting there like, how in the hell? You know, I, I, these guys were just – they're they're just studs. And Maryland's just not on the map still, right, from a football program perspective. And I, I think people are not really well, taking – Well, you know, the thing is we, we've always had players, right, like myself yep. and Vernon Davis. So we always had, you know, a top five, top ten, top fifteen pick creep out of there, Tory, Tory, um, um, Tory Smith – you know, play wide receiver. So we, we had guys that, that will pop in, but we never could formulate a great team across the board, right? Like, hey, we got great DNs or right. great offense line. Individuals. Yes, individuals. We always had that. J.C. Jackson, in my opinion, falls in that category because you look at it, man, we might – at that time, they didn't have a lot of great D linemen. You know, I think, um, I, I think uh, uh, you know, they had one or two guys coming off the edge – um, it, it, what's uh, from the um, the went to the Raiders is now playing for the Colts. Jonathan uh, Rockway. Yeah, yeah, they, you know they, he was there, you know, and so we, we, there was nobody on the other side of him, and so when you when you look at that, um, that's where he comes from. But let me tell you this, man, they're going to score a lot of points, right? And this is something that when J.C. Jackson benefited when he was playing with the Patriots. They were able to put up points, and and and, and once that once that happens, now the defense got to go out, and they also uh, I'm sorry, the offense got to go out. And they got to also try to put up those points. J.C. Jackson is going to get so many opportunities because we know that the Chargers are going to go out and put up 30 plus points in, in most of these games. They're just going to. What's going to happen now? It's time to play catch up. You got two things. It was my favorite thing when we got up, you know, 17 to nothing, 14 to nothing, whatever, you know, 21 nothing. That's when I pin my, my ears back, and it's go time. I know nobody's running draws. They're not running screens. They can't double team it because they got to get the tight ends out and pass coverage. I know I'm going to be one-on-one. And so when you get smarter as a player, when you, which Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, and these guys are, they get up 17 nothing, 21 nothing. it's go time. Now you go get your sacks, then you get your interceptions. With that being said, you're absolutely right. When you look up that, that much, Teams become one-dimensional. They're not going to run the ball. You're absolutely right, and that's when you guys can pin your ears back. 
when you look at this team, the way that it's comprised, you're talking about, you know, let their quarterback can do. This guy is one of the best premier quarterbacks in the league. They're going to score 30, maybe 40 a game. We get that. What if, if I set a number, if you were to set a number, Sean, you look at these guys, barring injury, with the type of pass rushers they have, Give me a give it give it the give the listeners a number that you would like to see if you were shooting and you said these guys are going to stay healthy because of what they have. What what's the number would you give this total uh, team in sacks? Uh, just let's go with those two guys, not the total team, just just those two guys. What are they capable of in your in your in your opinion? I think they're capable of you know between thirteen and sixteen apiece. Wow. Sacks apiece. <laughs> That's a lot of sacks, folks. It's a lot of sacks. But I, you know, I was on the team, I think, one year where we were number one in sacks in the league. I think we were like 63 sacks or whatever it was. We did that in a in a 16-game season. Mind you, there's another game. There's, there, there's another game now. So, you know, who, who knows? I, I really feel that these guys both are capable between, you know, 12 and 12 and 15 sacks apiece. If not more, something, one, one of these guys is going to end up with 17 or 18. The other one's going to have 11 or 12. Someone's going to have to sacrifice a little bit. It depends who it's going to be, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just the nature of the beast. You know, every game they come out, somebody has to pick their poison. Which guy do we want to double team? Which guy do we want to uh, slide in protection? So when you got when you got a powerhouse coming off the edge, you got to you coming in the game plan. If somebody has to slide protection, once they slide protection, that offensive line has to go far out to make sure they got that guy contained. He can't beat anybody around the edge. What happens is that other side is shortened. So what's more likely if they, all you do is want to keep a tight end there to try to fix that problem. And we used to call that big old little, ain't no tight end blocking me. I, I, I wish you would keep a tight end on me because I'll make an example of it. And that's what's going to happen with these guys. They're going to keep a tight end one-on-one because they're going to slide protection. Hey, guess what? You're going to fan protection. Now, next game, you think you're going to get cute. You're going to fan protection. And guess what? Guess what they're going to do to stop that? They're going to bring Derwin James up in that A or B gap. Yes, sir. Ain't no slot, ain't no fanning no more. And if you do, now you leave Derwin James one-on-one on your, on your running back, which you don't want that either. So it's this is a, this is a scary recipe. Now, I'm looking across and, and how you defend this and what you will do, and this becomes one of those cases where you have to make a decision, live whatever your decision is, right? Live, if you're going to let Khalil Mack have one this, this week or have two or have three, you're going to have to live with that. Or three-step drop and hope that your guys can get open or beat some kind of press coverage. I, I, I'm getting excited just thinking about it because I'm like, I, I'm, I'm, good for two, I'm good for one or two a game myself. They want to bring in that three-hitter monster now. Come on. It's gonna be it's gonna be nice. Sean Merriman joins Lorenzo Neal and I on Believe in Chargers talking some Chargers ball. This is you know one of the mo- more exciting seasons coming up in franchise history. I mean the expectations are there, but you know we'd be lying to ourselves if we haven't noticed what other teams are doing. You know in, in the Chargers division, Kansas City ain't going nowhere. It was nice. I'm not gonna lie. I may have been pumping my fist when I saw Tyree Kill go to the Miami Dolphins. Didn't want to see him anymore in the division, but they're always gonna be relevant as long as Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are on the helm. You saw the Vegas Raiders making a big splash acquiring Devontae Adams, who's going to pair up with Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. You cannot, you know, take that offense lightly. And, of course, Denver acquiring Russell Wilson. So, I mean, listen, every single team in this division has postseason championship aspiration. So I want to ask both of y'all, Zoe, we can start with you here. Is it winning the division or bust for the Chargers? I mean, you saw the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you know, they win their division, but they were the four seed. They make it to the Super Bowl. Wildcard teams have shown the Niners, you know, were a wildcard team. They made it to the title game. 
Does this Charger team need to win their division for you to constitute it as a successful season? Or do you just want to get them to get into the big tournament and anything can happen from there? Because I kind of stand where let's just get in the postseason. There's going to be great teams in the division and anything can happen as long as we have number 10 under center. No question. You get in the dance. You get in the dance. You get in the dance healthy. Get in the playoffs healthy and anything can happen. Because this team, we know they can light it up and we know they can get after the quarterback. So once you know you got a quarterback that can throw the ball and put it anywhere, spin it around the ballpark, and you know you got a defense that can sack the quarterback, you're in pretty good chance. You got you're in you're you have a great opportunity. So my biggest thing, I don't think it's about necessarily winning the division. I like that to that to happen, but it's just a, I think they got to get in. They're that dangerous. I I, I agree with that, man. I, I think that you know titles is nice. You know you want to set the tone and say you want a division because obviously that's why we all play this. We play for you know play for Super Bowl. Super Bowl. You play to winning your division, but let's not mistake, man. Like the healthiest teams win. Right. You know, the, help, the healthiest teams win, and you, you can win a division and walk in there, walk in there banged up, which is another thing, you know, another concern you should have because this this is going to be, I mean, they're going to blow each other up. It's going to be a lot of a lot of hitting, a lot of you know animosity, a, a lot. Of, I mean, it's going to be a physical play because there's so much back and forth. There's not a week that's going to go by where you're going to say, you know what? Yeah, I, I, I you know. I, we, we got off on the physicality this week. No, you, every single week in this division, you, you're facing a challenge. No question about that. I want to go back to – go ahead, Lorenzo. No, with that being said – no, I'm sorry about that, Borna. With that You're being good. said, when you're looking at these, these teams that are in the AFC West and you're just looking at it on paper, which team do you have the best defense? Which team has the best offense? Because I, I just – because I know you're going to shoot straight because Charger fans want to know and because – I'm un- I'm uncertain. Yeah. I'm uncertain. I'm uncertain who has the best offense and who has the best defense. I- I'll tell you, man, and I and I hate to sound like a homer because every time you speak about your own team, they think, oh, well, you got to say the Chargers. I- I'm looking across the board, right? Um, you-, you got you got four you got four great quarterbacks. I mean, Derek Derek Carr. People can say what they want, but he- he's been in some MVP races. You know he he's been up. And you can say what you want about it, but he's been he's been in that topic. Could have beat the could have beat could have beat Cincinnati. Yeah, the closest they got out of any team. Yeah, a hundred percent. So he can go out. So you look at, at these four quarterbacks at any given time, they can light you up. I think even this is how crazy this is. I, I think the biggest concerning quarterback will be Russell Wilson, right? Really? After, after, you know he had the hand surgery. We. He had a down year in Seattle, so we don't know if, if Seattle was just a bad team or or, or, or he's he's back healthy again. Like we we haven't seen that in the last year or two with, with Russell Wilson, and that's crazy to say because you know right. he's one of one of the best to, to do it. So if you're looking at this division and you're you're saying that hey Russell Wilson might be the fourth best, you know because of what, what I mean that's how crazy this division is. Russell Wilson might be the fourth best quarterback. Right now, because of the same year he had. So, I, I got to say the Chargers, man, because you look across, if you look at the offense, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Eckler, who's coming out, the, the new the new uh, ground-and-pound kid they got coming out of college is going to be coming in and, and still 12 to 15 reps for Eckler to get his legs back under him so he stays fresh during the year. That left tackle, that left, let me, Lola, man. He's a man. He's a, he's a, man. He's a boy I, dog. So when I came into the NFL, I I, I got the, the luxury or, or the unluxury or however you want to look at it of playing against a Willie Rose, Orlando Pace, uh, uh, Walter Jones, 
So I, I when I came in, man, Hall I famous. seen all Hall of Famers. Hall of Famers. I seen them all week to week too. When I look at him, that's what I see. Wow. I see that. Wow. That's that's what I see. I see a, a, a guy that's polished. There's no flaw. And I'm sitting, I'm watching this footwork, and there's a couple things when I look at offensive tackles and see if they break down how consistent they are with their footwork. Like what are they that 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 second and a half or third step, are they starting to turn their shoulders? You can hit them with an up and under. Are they backing straight up and getting ready for a bull rush because they're scared of your power? I watched him, and he has no flaws. He has no flaws. What he did to Chase Young was illegal. And Chase Young is, is one of the best up-and-coming talents in the NFL. I mean, this, this, this dude is going to be, you know, he's going to go down as one of the best for that organization ever if he stays healthy. And I'm watching what he did to Chase Young, and I said, nobody, nobody going to do anything with him this year. Nobody. And they didn't. So look at the, the beast up offensive line that they brought in, the new kid Zion that they drafted. This team, man, this, this you you look across the board, and like I said, I, I hate to compare because you got, you know, every generation is different. The times that we played low was different. It was more ground and pound. You're going to run the ball 35-plus times. I, I get that. But if you look at the personnel from what we have, we won a lot of games, to this team. And I'm not talking about talent. The personnel, the attitudes, the, hey, we got two ends. We got a quarterback that can get it done. We got a wide receiver. You know, look at it. They they are they are primed to cause a lot of noise. Now, it's going to come down to health, right? It's going to come down to health. The the, the second string guys, if somebody go down for a game or two, they can't have a big drop off. That's where that's where they're going to win or lose this season. No doubt. Um, and we're we're going to wrap it up shortly here with Believe in Chargers, brought to you by BetOnline.ag, and that's a great response, Sean. Because listen, you say it all comes down to health, so I wanted to segue that into, you know. People always say the best teams, and we all we all say it, you got to be healthy. But what does that actually mean? How can your coaching staff, how can your training staff, what do some of the other teams that allow their players to remain more healthy than other organizations? Is it a luck thing? Is it preserving the guys in practice? Like, were your practices, you know, back in 06, 07, with some of those great Charger teams, were they more physical than what practices are now? Kind of what goes into preserving the health? How can you make tweaks to increase your chances kind of in that realm as former athletes, both of you guys? Right, well, listen, the first day that you lined up in training camp, you're never healthy the whole entire season. You're never 100% healthy. You uh -huh. got a wrist, an ankle, a lower back, finger, shoulder, necks. I mean, you're never 100% healthy. So when I say not healthy, I mean guys missing time for a long period of time. You can't have a guy to go down with a major injury. If a guy misses a game or two, you're fine. You know he's going to be back. He's going to, you know, he's not he's not going to have too much rust on him. When he's sitting out for you know eight weeks or something like that. You got to work him back in. They they need primarily most of their guys, 80, 90 percent of their guys, the main guys, the starters, to stay healthy. You know you're going to have those injuries. Guys going to his knees going to swell up. He's going to roll his ankle. He's going to miss some time walking around in, in the practice in practice in a boot during a week or two to get back healthy again. But you can't have the major stuff. So when I talk about health, it's, we're talking about the major injury problem. They can't have that. Sean, with that being said, okay, health is big. We understand that. We understand you got to be durable, all those different things. Tell me how much of a – tell the listeners how much of coaching is going to play a factor. How big is Great coaching question. in tough games? You've seen it. We've seen it. Where does coaching play in all things being equal? Well, for, for one, I really like Brandon Staley a lot. 
I mean, he, he got a lot of slack last year, and, and, and he should have. I, I, there's no doubt about it. I think he, for some of the calls, he, he should have, you know, got Four some times. kind of backlash for it. But let's not forget, he's, he's a first-time head coach. He's, he's, he's coaching some pressure high games, you know, and, but also you have a team that's capable. That's the scariest thing when you're coaching, right? But you know you got the confidence – you got a Justin Herbert there. You got a Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, Eckler. You got reliable guys who are more than capable of making those plays. I was at that Raiders game when they played them, played them at home, played them at the Raiders Stadium. I was there, and I when I saw those fourth and threes, a fourth and five, fourth and seven, and the back to back completions all the way to the end of the game when he threw that ball to Mike Williams. When you when you know, if you're a coach, if you're sitting on the other side, what do you do with that? You keep calling them damn fourth and sevens and. You have the guys to do it. You believe in your team. So I understood, as crazy as it was, for him to go for, you know, fourth and one on, on the 20, right? Because they, or, or, you know, they get that one, they get those one or two yards. You know this team can punch it down 80 yards. You know they can do it. So it's a learning curve. It's a learning curve when you're sitting back to separate what you think you got and what you, or what you know you have as opposed to what's the best decision for four quarters of football that that was some of the best you know performance i've ever seen you know with, with justin herbert in that no game and I, and and i think we just we cannot take how special this kid is for granted and when we look at last season i mean justin herbert put the chargers on his back for a number of games we'd be lying this defense was not great last year no they were really bad in the run game and it was painful because when you're bad in the run game you get screwed in the time of possession battle if you're losing the time of possession battle that means not enough number 10 on the field justin herbert in that cleveland browns game on in week five to win that game some that was masterful Against the Pittsburgh Steelers, it wasn't with his arm. It was with his feet, rushing for almost over 100 yards on Sunday night football. We cannot take this kid for granted. This defense doesn't even need to be a top-five defense. It needs to be a top-ten defense, a really stout defense, because this kid can take this team the distance. So with that being said, both of you gentlemen, 17-game season now. Over-under for our betonline.ag audience, 11.5 wins for the Chargers this year. Over-under 11.5 wins. That's 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 a big mark. I'm going with it. Sean, let's start with you. I think they won at least 13 games, in my opinion, even in this division. Um, you know, this is a team that if you look at them last year, I was there when they when they lost against the Dallas Cowboys. Should have won, right? Refs, man, illegal formation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. you, you right. put it on the rest, but when you when you call something like that, you, you yeah, that's a ref uh, a ref deal. Um, they should have stole two or three of those games last year. I think that Brandon Staley having another year under his belt. Uh, as a as a experienced head coach, now he makes those decisions that he probably wouldn't have made last year. I think they I think they went thirteen plus. Well, I, you know what? I'm in the, I'm not on the same I'm in the I'm in the same church over eleven, but I'm not in the same pew, and I won't be sitting on your lap because I don't see them getting to thirteen. It's just too tough, Sean. Sean, you got you got to look at what's going on. I, I look at you you look at the Raiders. I'm gonna tell you right now, would we be having this conversation if you put ten on the Raiders? With the receivers and the tight end and things they have, you look at these receivers. You say, "My, my goodness, the Raiders are stacked." Yeah. That little running back that they have, I, I don't know. I, I think that he's barring injuries. I think he runs hard. Reminds me a little bit of Curtis Martin. Yeah. Runs hard oh, in yeah. between tackles. He runs physical. You look with the Raiders and now the coach. You, you, Sean, you played against this coach. 
Oh yeah, you know who the coach is going to be in in, in, in with the Las Vegas Raiders. So you know the kind of team that he's going to build. So I think that they win over eleven. I think it's it's twelve games, thirteen. Even though because you're going to have some bad days, I, I so that's going to be hard. I'm going to go with twelve. It's not it's not just the the AFC West, but the Chargers have to play the NFC West this year. And really, Seattle's the only weak link kind of in that division. San Francisco's never an easy out. Arizona's going to be there. And of course, the defending Super Bowl champions and the L.A. Rams. Nevertheless, everybody, it's it's, it's just June. I'm excited for training camp. I know Lorenzo, we're going to I know we're going to try and head out there. Sean, I'm sure you're going to be there as well. Of course, Sean's going to be crazy. We're going to get crazy together. We're going to get crazy. We're going to get low. We're going to get low. <laughs> all right gentlemen well this was uh this was a blast and if you guys enjoy the content smash the like button on the video check out our podcast and the believe in networks for lorenzo neil sean merriman i'm born in azari take care thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.